It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, January 19th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is actually intrigued by seeing the Blackhawks for the first time this season tonight. They've got a lot going on. They do. We're going to get into that. Plus, we've got a prospect profile on Will Smith coming up on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you'll keep up to date on the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at Flyers at Gmail. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We are free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well, Russ, uh, we do have to talk about the fallout from the Ivan Provorov decision not to skate warmups on Flyers Pride Night. And, you know, it really made some waves uh, to the point where the NHL uh, came out with a statement. Um, basically, I mean, it was a corporate speak statement. Right. Let's be real. Right. I mean, it's not their fight, just, you know, just to use a word. Yeah. It's not, so they weren't going to they weren't going to do anything. Um it was on Fox News last night as we figured. Uh it's mm-hmm. you know, it's a Flyers thing and a Provorov thing and uh you know, like I said, I feel like Provorov, you know, basically blindsided them with this. I know every, He did. I was going to say I know everybody says they should know in advance because of the jersey and everything, but we don't know what transpired when all that happened, maybe he even was thinking about playing, uh, going to warmups. We don't know. So it did seem like they that he did blindside him. Yeah, I mean, there's multiple outlets reporting that, that it was a very last-minute notification to the team right. about it. And so, you know, it did cause them problems, you know. Yeah he absolutely has the right to believe what he wants to believe. Like that's not the issue here. It's like how all of this was handled and, you know, blindsiding the team like that was inappropriate. Um, And again, I will say it's disrespectful to Scott Lawton and JVR for all the incredible work that they did and trying to create a welcoming atmosphere for the specific fans that they had been working with. They had a reception uh, with about 50 LGBTQ people um, that they attended. It took Lawton away from that reception because he had to comment on the situation. Yep. And, you know, it it just, you know, and having him there now with him having made this active decision to not participate, you know, if you're LGBTQ and you're in the stands and you see him skate out there, you think, yeah, 
that Philadelphia Flyers player doesn't think that I should be here. And it, it, it's a very difficult thing to experience when you want to be a fan of this team. And, you know, the there's a player that actively doesn't think that you're worthy. Right. And I mean, that's something. It, it's tough. It, it, it's it tough. It is tough. I pointed out yesterday on another show, I'm like, what it really to me boils down to is either you're against unity or you're against the lifestyle and clearly he's against the lifestyle like that's you know that's well and it's not even a lifestyle no it's it, true it's, but i mean just a, it's an existence right he's a, you know yeah and so clearly he's not with that and the thing is you don't it, it's not an endorsement of anything by putting on a hockey jersey that's the thing i used an example like if we at Locked On here had a company-wide thing where we were going to do silly Christmas sweaters. I think you and I would do it, even though we're Jewish, because we'd be like, fine, we don't believe in Christmas, but it doesn't matter. This is not like an endorsement. Yeah, or we'd come it. up with like a silly Hanukkah sweater right. or something, you know, to participate, but not like right. disrespect. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it, it. that's the part is it, it wasn't, it's not an endorsement. Um, and honestly, I, I called him small-minded on another show, and I do think he's small-minded. And I, I would hope that he would talk to somebody from, like, You Can Play or some group out there just to have a dialogue. I think he could learn a lot from that. But will he do that? Probably not. Yeah. And, you know, it makes it difficult from a hockey perspective, too, yes. in terms of if they want to trade him. Now it, it says he's not a team player. And it makes the the idea of trading him more difficult. Yeah, he shrunk and his value. You're going to get less in return. Yeah, yeah. he shrunk his value because um, there were going to be certain teams with cities with you know a large gay population that they're not going to want to touch this now, and I, it's understandable. And I I would think it would be about five to seven teams for sure that would say, not now. 100% agree that it's all of this and it has just made it worse for the team. It's worse for him and um, it's worse for the initiatives that the Flyers are trying to put forth to create a welcoming atmosphere for all fans. Yes, that's the thing here. Um, it, it definitely took away from the evening, which I thought they this was the best job the Flyers had done. I wasn't at that game, but I go to, I've been to all the others and I felt like this was their best effort. And, you know, yes. after a while that was thwarted. And again, I think the other thing that has to be pointed out, whether, cause it's just a fact, there will be some, some fans now that are like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not buying a Provorov Jersey. I'm not buying uh, even anything now from the Flyers because they're going to be angry at Provorov and it's not the Flyers fault, but the Flyers will take the brunt of it for some of these um, other initiatives in the future. And what if you lost a couple season ticket holders out of it? It's very possible. I mean, those are things that can financially impact your team just with a decision like that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's it, I understand the issue in terms of, you know, if, if this is something that he feels very strongly about, I just think that when you're in a team environment, 
and this affects the business that you are employed by, you have to have like a more cohesive plan around this. And the fact that he denied the flyers the opportunity to have a plan and uh, and to try and approach this in a, a more conducive way to keeping the spirit of the evening alive like that's a problem yeah, I, and i just it, it's not like it did not happen in in an appropriate manner no i mean he's definitely lost fans over this and these were fans that pay his salary like that's that's the other part of this that's like yes he is entitled to make whatever decisions he wants but now these decisions could impact him uh and you know that's that's what happens sometimes all right well we do have another game tonight to look forward to and it's against a team that is uh you know similar to the ducks that we just played has been struggling a lot this season, despite having a couple superstars there and making some big moves over the offseason last year, and that's the Chicago Blackhawks. And we will be talking about tonight's game coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports, and of course the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Russ, uh, we are indeed facing the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. And, uh, you know, I. It felt like we had played Chicago to me for some reason, but uh, we had not yet. So, uh, you know, I I think the Blackhawks are in a a bit of a turmoil themselves. Uh, They had a very crazy game recently, uh, losing eight to five to the Seattle Kraken. I think they were down six to nothing at some point and the Kraken had scored. It was like six goals on seven shots or something uh, along those lines. But that game just kind of like defense went out the window entirely. But um, they did come back and win in overtime versus the Buffalo Sabres who were in their own weird spiral right now on Tuesday. Uh, But I think, you know, the big story for the Blackhawks this season is kind of blowing up the last of the core of that team. And are they going to trade Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves at deadline? Yeah, I, I, Jonathan Taves will get traded. Patrick Kane, it'll depend on his health. Like he's got this knee or hip issue. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, has he gotten in? Let's see. No, he hasn't gotten back in games yet. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be hard to ask teams to give up a boatload of assets for, you know, a little bit of an older player who's really great. Don't get me wrong. He can still play. But if he's banged up, I don't know if anybody's going to want him. Or if you have to get him and sit him for until the playoffs, it's like it's hard to build continuity within the team that way. So. It's up it's up in the air about Kane right now, I think. Yeah, it's uh 
it's really odd because I think with both of those guys, with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, you know, I think the expectation was that they were going to end their careers in Chicago and, you know, just be one of those lifers in the in the NHL playing for the same team their whole careers. And I think the Blackhawks just overall, I think leading up to this year, did not do a good job in sort of managing the downward side of, you know, their peak. And so they found themselves in this situation where they have to do a rebuild with these very highly paid superstars that aren't what they used to be. Obviously, you know, with Jonathan Taves, he was out an entire season, um, you know, with health issues. So, you know, you didn't really see that coming. No, that one, to be fair, but that you couldn't see coming, but the, you know, the extensions are, Hey, they were rewarded for, you know, all their cups, but in the end, they're stuck in this in-between stage. And that's what I'm saying. I think, you know, you'll get something for Taves, but I think again, he's at like a ten and a half million dollar salary. So even prorated, they're you know, they're gonna have to eat half for a team to want to yeah. get them. And so yeah, it gets complicated. But as far as the team itself, they're lousy defensively. Like they're just straight up lousy. Oh yeah. I mean, maybe the worst defensive team in the league. Just when you watch them, you could just see it. So they are going to have to outscore. And this is a game where if the Flyers just play disciplined hockey, they should win. Now, that's not to say Chicago doesn't have any good players. I like Philip Kurashev. Uh, I've liked him since his draft. Yeah, he's the big bright spot yes. on that team right now. He's having a really good season. He's an interesting guy because he um, – he kind of came in under the radar a little bit at the draft. Um, I believe Igor Larionov is his agent, so he lived with him for a while. So he got mentored by him. And so, yeah, he's he's a guy that's got good vision, good speed, always a threat to score out there. He's not like a superstar or anything in the making, but a really nice player. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned their – terrible defense they cough up the puck a lot and i think that's something the flyers are going to have to take advantage of uh and you know when the blackhawks do give up the puck and and the flyers can get a takeaway they're going to have to get a, a positive scoring chance out of it like that's yeah you know, that's the thing because the blackhawks can score goals mm-hmm. but um it it really is defensively that they're the weakest on. Um, you know, one thing that's interesting about them is that despite being the third worst team in the NHL right now, they are the best at faceoffs. And that's wild. Uh, you know, it is wild. They're like above fifty four percent, I believe, which is like really good. <laughs> so, yeah, you would think you'd be able um, to parlay that into you know some more goals, but. But no, um, yeah, they have a negative 59 goal differential, which Insane. is, you know, again, the the third worst in the league. Um, they have the least goals for at 98. Let me just point out how insane it is that it's only the third worst. 59 is only the third worst. Like, that should be the worst. But this year is so oddly um, just the top and the bottom are so far apart that it's only the third. Like, that, that is crazy to me. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, they their special teams are kind of Flyers-esque in that, you know, they're 12th overall in the power play because they do have a couple of guys oh, that, yeah. that can score in those situations. 
um, but they have a worse penalty kill than the Flyers. And so if the Flyers were looking for a game to do something positive on the power play front, uh, this would be a, a good game to do it in. And I know because of the heavy schedule, the Flyers aren't really able to practice. And, you know, when you need to improve something like the power play practice is is very key. But at the same time, you know, you got to take the chances where they fall. Yeah. I mean, Seth Jones is always a, a guy you have to worry about. Uh, he's still a really good player. He's just in the sea of not really good players. But again, you don't want the Flyers to take this game lightly. You don't. Yeah. Seth Jones is a really interesting case because he's been kind of invisible for a huge part of this season. Um, His ice time went down a a little bit. And in that most recent game against the Sabres, you know, he was part of the problem for the Sabres first two goals in that game. So defensively he wasn't playing well, but then he scored the game tying and winning goal. So, you know, you see like where he can help that team, but at the same time, he is a defensive liability. And that was, you know, part of the issue that we even talked about on this show when Seth Jones was available, uh, you know, in terms of why we would not want him on the Flyers is because, you know, it was interesting because he's a defensive liability, right? And so we didn't really want him. Uh, And then they signed Tony D'Angelo, who is a defensive liability for the most part. Uh, So, you know, um, but you didn't sign him, Rachel. I think that's key to point out. That's true. That is true. Although, and to be fair to Tony D'Angelo, his defense is getting a little better. Uh, I think the structure is, is helping him a little bit. He's not there yet, but no, but you uh, know, the one thing, and um, Martin Baron said this on Sirius the other day, he can't always die for the puck like that. It's bad for the goalies. It takes away their vision. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So he, um, you know, he, he can get a stick in there every yes, now and again. That's and what he needs to plays. do more than the diving thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, I think that this is, you know, you know, in this stretch of a very busy schedule, this week is actually you know, a a lighter week in terms of their opponents. We saw the Ducks, you know, tonight is the Blackhawks. Over the weekend is the Red Wings, who have been a bit of a mixed bag. Next week is a hell of a lot more difficult with another, you know, four games that are against much tougher teams. And so the The Red Wings take advantage of this week. Yeah, the Red Wings could still be problematic. And, you know, in this game, um, Max Domi could be problematic. He... He could he could have very good games. Tyler Johnson's still you know not what he used to be, but a decent player. So I mean, there you still have to watch him. It's still the NHL. I mean, it's one of those things where hey, you know what? These are still NHL players. You give them a chance. You give them an opening, and they're going to take advantage of it. So I would just I would like to see them win this game handily, and not give up too much on, you know, as far as penalties, because that's the clear thing is keep these guys out of the power play because they are good on the power play. And that should be a recipe for success. Do we, do we think it's Carter hard for this one? It should be right. I would guess so just because we saw Samerson in the last game. Yeah. Although he's undefeated. I mean, I just have to say that it's, no, it's it's wild that he is. I know, 5 and 0. Oh. Good on him, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Very very excited uh for him and for the possibility of him 
you know, being the goaltender. You know, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Again, you know, the Felix Sandstrom uh, conditioning assignment expires today. So well, Kiefer Bellows will go down. That'll be part of it because he mm-hmm. hasn't played. But I don't know, you know, if that's going to be the full answer or not. Yeah. Yeah, we shall see. All right. uh, We are going to switch gears and do a draft prospect profile next. And uh, Russ got to see Will Smith play in person earlier this week. And we are going to talk about him next. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty, perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And that's what's even better than that is they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get you can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're Close to Sam's Club, run in and get a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Russ, you had the opportunity to go to the BioSteel Prospects game earlier this week. And, you know, that's where they bring a bunch of draft eligible prospects together to play, you know, in a more of an exhibition game, but it it is a big deal for these, these kids. And uh, Will Smith was player of the game in this one. So what did you see from him in this game? Yeah. So a couple things. Um, First off, like, I think this is the fifth time I've seen him live this year. So it's good to kind of catch up with a guy um, in this situation, and then in kind of like a different kind of game. What's interesting is this game was more physical than ever before. So, and even uh, the coach told me after the game uh, that, yeah, they were they told the guys, you know, play this like a regular hockey game, be physical. They were almost there was almost a fight. So the fact is that that to me that changed um, what it is as far as competition, the level of it. Smith was great. The interesting thing about Smith is he's the kind of guy where, and and I'm I'm not comparing him to Artemi Panarin, but like Artemi Panarin, you could watch him and say, man, that is a bad period by him. And even think like, I've even thought myself, wow, am I going to keep him in the same draft slot? And then sure enough, next period and same thing in this game, he gets an amazing goal off a, you know, not an easy play off a turnover. I think the puck was bouncing a little and he just wound up and, and hit it in the net. And that, and that was probably a different kind of shot than I've seen him do. And it's impressive. He um, he's very fast. He, yeah. He, he's a, a still a 17 year old. He'll be turning 18 in March. Um, he's about six feet tall, but he could get a little bigger, you know, with a, 
a growth spurt. He does need to put on a little bit of size and and build up strength. But um, he is on the national team development program uh, team. Last season, he had 28 points in 36 games played. This year, 15 points in nine games so far. Um, he's you know he was playing on the U18 squad that uh, took him away from that for a a little bit um he is just uh, an incredible point producer he is um very productive he you know i was standing right next to him which i don't remember the last time i did so i was i noticed that he he can put some uh more muscle on his frame he's got wide enough shoulders for that he did seem a little taller than last time so i think he's a legit six now and, you know, he's actually what I find interesting about him was that he still called himself a kid. And and that that's good because like he was talking about playing video games and still being a kid. And that's a really good thing to be in that kind of place mentally when you're off the ice. So not everything is so heavy all the time, like you're under all this tremendous pressure. So I think that is a way for, you know, for him to alleviate the pressure off the ice he's a cool customer he um he's a smart kid his stick and puck control is very very good he um i think his speed is more straight line speed but it's good and you could see it and yeah he could score in a variety of different ways i think he is still more of a playmaker than a scorer but he does seem to be able to do both he, he's an interesting guy he is a true center he um He's good at faceoffs. He's good at drawing the puck back on faceoffs to set up scoring plays. So he's already got that in his arsenal. There's a lot of things to like here. And if the Flyers were somewhere in that 6 7 range, you know, he'll be there. And again, this is the kind of draft where it's not incredibly, it's not really strong defensively. So even if the team says we have defensive needs, I don't think that would be the best pick in this spot. You know, I think it would be Will Smith. Right. And, you know, we talked about that in our little introduction to the draft that, you know, there could conceivably not be a defenseman picked until, you know, the late teens um, in, in the kind of ranking order as things stand. And so you're looking at, at Will Smith, who is, you know, I, I think your initial point about, you know, sometimes he has really down periods mm-hmm. has led some people to choose to put him further down in the rankings. So some people who are like in the eight to 10 range and some are in like 15 to 17. And I think that's probably the difference here. Uh, but I think that in that sort of range, you know, you look at this kid's upside and I think the downside is fixable. That's the thing. It is. And again, so maybe it's not fixable, but if he if he um if he does seem to pull these same um scoring feats like Panarin does, is it gonna matter? Like Panarin disappears for two periods a game at times and then wins it for you in the third. You know, again, he's not gonna score at that rate, but he can be a I think a, a sixty, seventy point guy in the league for sure, and do all those other things that are really gonna help you. I, I think I, I, the one thing I can tell you also, I've never had a bad live viewing of him. So it's like I have no reason to put him down in those teens like some others. 
because I've never mm -hmm. had a bad live viewing. Now I've watched plenty of video and I do see some mistakes, but again, everybody's going to make mistakes at that right. level. But I think he's going to play probably about 185 pounds, maybe 80, 85. And as a centerman, if he's six, if he gets the six, one, that's what you want. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a guy who could really, really help you. And he is going to BC. So yep. if you think about that aspect of things where you think there's another Flyers prospect going to BC, you know, so him and Gauthier, that could be a nice thing. Now, whether yep. they start Smith out as a wing or a center, that's a whole other thing, but they'll be on the same power play. And I always believe in continuity. I do. Yeah, that's huge for me that, you know, when when you're looking at, guy, at a guy like him in that range, um, the fact that he could potentially play with Cutter Gautier, and I think by the draft we'll know whether or not Gautier is returning to BC or not. And yeah. um, that would be kind of fun to kind of have a, a little college affiliate of the Flyers to root for. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big thing, you know. They'll get to play in the bean pot together. There's, they probably already know each other. Well, they do know each other really well. I mean, they did did have some crossover as players. So, yeah, I mean, it's a perfect situation. You know, last year, um, Gauthier was just ahead, actually tied with them in points on the, uh, the U18 part of things. So, you know, if you have two top point producers from that program in your arsenal, you know, in your system, you're doing things right. Yep, absolutely. BC should uh, be really strong, I think, in the next few years. So they're a fun team to watch in NCAA hockey. For all we know, Smith went there because of Gauthier. Like, guys do want to play with their other NTDP teammates. They search them out. Yep, they do. That will do it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow with a recap of tonight's game against the Blackhawks. And then we're going to talk about the back-to-back -back against the Red Wings and the Jets. So much Flyers hockey coming our way. Uh, as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you've got Flyers or draft questions, send them in via Twitter at Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.